Hi, this is Ellie Fishman. Welcome to the August 2018 CTSS quiz. I have 10 terrific cases for you. It's hard to believe we're in the dog days of August. Where is the summer going? Anyway, 10 cases, 10 terrific cases. Let's get started. In this case, I ask you what's the most likely diagnosis for the incidental pancreatic lesion. And when you can see very nicely on the volume rendered images, as well as on the cinematic rendering, is there's an approximately two centimeter enhancing lesion in the tail of the pancreas. And at the end of the day, that's going to be a neuroendocrine tumor, which it was. We see many incidental neuroendocrine tumors. There is some question now, which ones do you operate on? For example, 2CM, everyone will be operated, but what if you're a centimeter or less? Theoretically, this could have been metastatic renal cell cancer if the patient did have renal cell cancer, but the patient did not. So just a wonderful example. This patient had an LVAD and it had a drop in hematocrit, and we were looking for GI bleed. And we did two phases, but I only could show you two images here, a axial and a coronal. And you could very nicely see a bleed in the duodenum. You can see where the blood is coming from. This was a duodenal ulcer. CT angiography is the study of choice for the evaluation of GI bleeding. We use dual phase arterial and venous, and that will help us detect essentially all bleeds. There's no mass effect, and so that's why I didn't pick duodenal cancer. It was just simply a bleeding stress ulcer. 30-ish year old patient, what's the best diagnosis? Large mass, and again, when you look at the axials, you begin to think, could this be pancreas? Could this be liver? Could this be kidney? Could this be adrenal? When you look at the coronal a bit more, and obviously you would have scrolled through all the axials, you can see the epicenter. It's pushing on the liver, not coming from the liver. It's not pancreas. Pheochromocytoma is a consideration, but usually they're very vascular. This also has calcifications, which pheo rarely have. And this is a great example of a primary adrenal carcinoma. Large lesion, more common in females, more common in patients in their 30s and 40s. This patient had a GI bleed, and we were looking for a cause. So I'm asking you, what's the most likely cause? If you look at both the axial and the 3D images, you see an enhancing lesion, which is partially exophytic in the patient's jejunum. Really, in thinking about it, what could this be? Typically, this is going to be either a carcinoid tumor or a gist tumor. Now, what I found is that when you have a gist tumor, which is a common source of incidental GI bleeding, uh, often the lesions are very vascular and small, but they're also exophytic. If you have a carcinoid tumor, is intraluminal plus there's something in the mesentery typically because you have a typical desmoplastic reaction. This is a mass, vascular, exophytic in part, and this was a gist tumor. Just a very, very nice example. This patient has a mass near the splenic hilum. What could it be? And I, I picked this case because it's really nice on both the axials and the cinematic. You can see that the mass by the hilum, a bit over two centimeters, is a classic location for an accessory spleen. The accessory spleens have the same enhancement pattern as the regular spleen, and this is very nicely showing the mosaic pattern in both of these. You also can see very nicely the mosaic pattern in the cinematic rendering. It's not a duplicated spleen. Sometimes you can get fooled, neuroendocrine tumors, tail of pancreas versus accessory spleen. That's not the issue here and it's surely not going to be an enlarged lymph node. This patient has a low-grade fever. 
So what's the best diagnosis? Well, what you can see is a low-density mass with subtle perfusion changes in the right lobe of the liver. This is a great case because, you know, honestly, this could be metastasis. This could, in fact, be hepatoma, though the liver is not really badly cirrhotic, but it is some mild parenchymal changes. Lymphoma, unlikely. Hepatoma, as I said, could be. Mets could be. We've seen many cases now, no known primary, low-density lesion, sometimes with septations, perfusion changes around the lesion. You have to think about an abscess, and this was an E. coli abscess. And again, it can be a very, very tricky diagnosis. In this case, what's the best diagnosis? There's a mass which appears to be pancreatic, and of course, I only gave you four pancreatic choices. But the lesion is purely cystic and it's exophytic. You can see how exophytic it is when you look at the coronal view. IPMNs, you see a dilated duct typically, and it communicates with the duct. MCNs are cystic lesions in the body of the pancreas or body tail junction, but they're within the gland. Serous cystadenomas can be exophytic, but commonly have septations or central calcifications. You can get oligocystic serous cystadenomas, but that would be uncommon. And still, this lesion is so exophytic, and that's where we see lymphoepithelial cysts that commonly arise from the pancreas and almost seem adjacent to rather than from the pancreas, and this is a most classic example. This patient has von Hippel-Lindau disease, and I'm asking you for the best diagnosis. I gave you an axial and a sagittal. Von Hippel-Lindau increased incidence of cystic pancreatic lesions, increased incidence of neuroendocrine tumors, increased incidence of renal cell carcinoma, just to name a few. But they also have lesions in the cerebellum and also the spinal cord. If you look at about the T10 level, there's a one centimeter vascular lesion in the cord, which you can see nicely also in the axial view, and that's classic for hemangioblastoma. So this patient has a hemangioblastoma, just a very, very classic example. We are seeing more von Hippel-Lindau patients. You need to be very careful reading the cases. There's so many different lesions. You need to really pay attention, particularly to the spine. This patient has a history of a distal pancreatectomy. What's the best diagnosis? Large mass left up a quadrant. The patient's had a splenectomy and distal pancreatectomy. You can think about recurrent tumor. You can also think about an abscess. The spleen's gone, so it's not a splenic infarct. But you see commonly masses, particularly when the procedure is done laparoscopically at the site of the distal pancreatectomy and splenectomy bed. And these are all mental infarcts, mass-like, low density, typically cause no problem. The biggest problem they have is they're confused with tumor recurrence. So again, a very important diagnosis. And we wrote an article about this a couple years back. This case very nicely shows you a mass arising off the stomach that's relatively low density. You can see it on the axials as well as on the cinematic. It does appear to be kind of cystic. You could say, well, maybe it's pancreas, maybe it's spleen, maybe it's colon, but you realize it's really coming off the stomach, nicely shown on both. It's exophytic. And that's the classic appearance for a gist tumor. Gist tumors can be cystic, though usually they're more solid. Sometimes they're lower density like this after treatment with Gleevec. It's not a serous cystadenoma of the pancreas. It's not solid like lymphoma. So that's not going to be the answer. So it's a uh, gastric gist tumor. So with that, I've given you 
literally 10 terrific cases. Hope you got them right. And if you didn't get them right, I hope you learned something. And even if you got them right, I hope you learned something. And with that, as the song goes, see you in September. Thanks a lot. Bye.